Hello and welcome all to the first ever EXB podcast. And yes, it is EXB. I posted about this on Twitter. It's EXB. Okay, basically, I'm going to run down how it would normally go, but it's a bit of a special show, which is why it's episode zero today. So normally we'd have a super special guest come on and we would interview them. They're people from like the gaming industry. Um, but currently today it's the EXB Awards and I've got a host of guests that are coming to basically say their favorite games, their worst games, basically anything in gaming in 2020, which they hated or loved. Um, I know Rock's probably going to say something about Ubisoft at some point in the show. But firstly, let me introduce the first guest of the show. It is the one, the only Rock. Ah, it's me. <laughs> I, I promise I'll say nothing about Ubisoft. You're allowed to. I'll allow much. you this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, Callum. Thank you ever so much for inviting me, my friend. Uh, no worries. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Okay, so what's what's the game you're currently playing? Oh, it's truth. Let me think. What was the last game I played? Uh, oh, Maneater on PS5. <laughs> oh, Maneater. Be... Brilliant. Yeah, it is cool, isn't it? I played it on, uh, I've been playing it on PS. I had it on PC. Uh, I bought it actually, and then they just made it free on PS5. But other than that, still playing Cyberpunk. I'm still kind of trying to get through Cyberpunk. Uh, played a bunch of pro games that came along the other day for Stadia, and uh, you know all the kind of usual stuff that a young man of my age plays. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> this. I mean, how can you still be playing Cyberpunk? It's been a month uh, now. Because I don't like it, and I'm but I've paid for it, so I'm just gonna I'm like just dragging my way through the games. Oh, it's got to get better. It's got to. Oh, to be fair, it's a it's a middle of the road game that got hyped. Yes, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, I've yeah. probably offended loads of people now, but no, no, I agree. I, I mean, it's a good game. You know, it's a it's a deep game, um, but it's nowhere near the hype that it got. No, but, you know, that's the world we live in, isn't it? Everything it's a dangerous hype. game. It was a dangerous game to play. That CD project did caught them out, didn't it? All right, yeah. and the next guest is Clive. What's up? Hey, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me on the show, Callum. No worries. What have you been playing uh, recently or this well, week or whatever? Yeah. So um, I I finished just, yeah, just over the Christmas holes. I finished Jedi Fallen, which I absolutely loved. Uh, I loved story-driven game. games. Yeah, really loved it. I'd not played it before. I'd waited. Uh, I'd played it on Stadia. So it was new to me, even though obviously it's been out for a little while. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. But then I've been playing a lot of Figment. Uh, which was a Stadia Pro game, of course, uh, and just getting absolutely sort of lost in Figment and the kind of weird design that's going on there. Some of the voiceover acting I absolutely love. Some I'm questioning what they were going for. Uh, like, is that meant to be a French accent, lady? Or because you're sort of saying French things, but not in a French accent. And... Uh, but the main character voiceover I really love. And I, I felt almost that I, I'm going to write to them and say, if they ever do need any extra voiceover work, I, I'm available for a small fee. Um, but, uh, I, but I love the puzzles in it. Uh, and they're just at that kind of level. You're just about to give up and look it up. And then suddenly it dawns on you. Oh, and I love that level of just about I'm on the verge of giving up or I'm stuck. And then suddenly it hits me. Uh, and I'm just getting drawn into it more and more and just think, oh, you know, like any good game, I'll, I'll just 
oh, this opened up another level. I'll just play a bit longer and try and do this level and so on and so on. So it's a great, it's a great little puzzle game, real kind of logic puzzle games, which I kind of um, enjoy on the side and something you can, you know, you don't have to get too deeply involved in. It's sort of something just sort of just relaxing, but taxes the mind a bit at the same time, which occasionally you sort of need a break from your FPSs and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I mean, Stadia Pro is consistently proving that it is the best of like the games with gold and stuff like that. Out of all yeah. like them sort of things, not obviously Game Pass because that's a massive deal anyway, but but Stadia Pro is easily the I, best I, offering. I think that they so what people kind of sometimes forget, they go, Oh yeah, you get loads more games on Games Pass. Yeah, but it's like that old adage, like, oh yeah, but I get two hundred channels on my cable TV or whatever, and it's go, <laughs> Yeah, but how much of that is any good and is just filler and how yeah, much yeah. quality content? And the thing about the Stadia uh, games, I mean Stadia have a, a, without going, you know, they've got to get games on anyway. To, they've got to basically build up the library. But at the same time, they're curated. And I think they do genuinely put a lot of work into curating the games. And what they bring us are a nice sprinkle of good AAA games here and there. But usually the indie games are quirky games that have either won awards, been nominated for awards, or of interest, or a little bit different. And, and it's things that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily buy but because you get a chance to try it like you know figment or, or, or Ari in the seasons whatever you sort of try it and go and, and you just get drawn in and there's loads of games that i've sort of you know on pro that perhaps i wouldn't have bought yeah um, no that's the, actually yeah. they're really fun and i'm glad i had the opportunity to experience them yeah there's honestly a uh, risk of rain too i said that on the stadia source roundtable that's that's easily one of the the games that i would have never touched if it wasn't for Stadia. But anyway, we better, we better yeah. get some more guests in here. Next guest is William. Hello. Hello from America. Yep, hello. Uh, so, uh, what game have you been playing recently? So, I've been jumping into Final Fantasy VIII. It was something my younger brother ended up recommending me because it's one of the weirder Final Fantasies. And I've just kind of been diving in, messing around with that uh, junction system. And I've just been having having some fun with it. Yeah, as I I noticed that you uh you uh, had a ten minute gaming podcast released. I think it was today, um, with the Uncharted series. Uh, are you yes. a big Are you a big fan of them? Um, I really enjoyed them when I first played them a few years ago. Going back, I've kind of started falling out with them. It's since with its focus on that high production value spectacle when they age that's and having seen the spectacle there's not a lot going for it outside of that yeah no i get what you mean i think uncharted 4 still stands up to me though i think that's one of the i think uncharted 4 was the second best on the series yeah but yeah no i totally agree i understand with the uh sort of it's lost its sense of adventure in some ways it's more about doing a demo to show off the hardware in some ways yeah but um yeah, and then our last guest is the one, the only gaming cyborg, Ray. Hey, hey. hello, mates. How are you guys doing? Happy New Year! Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year! So, what have you been playing, Ray? Well, you know, I got up this morning and I played some NHL hockey on my PS5. Uh, my good friend Rock told me that Man Eater was a free game, so I downloaded that. So I was chomping at some people swimming. 
and uh, big plan. <laughs> and uh, just play, play got to play my football, playing FIFA, and uh, playing a lot of cyberpunk rock. <laughs> so have I, mate. <laughs> it's, it's a game I love to hate. Yes, you know, it's it's I mean, I mean, honestly, I love the game. I just think it was extremely overhyped. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just got a lot of us, even myself, got caught up in the hype. But um, thank God I did not get it on a PS4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got it on PC. Um, and I was lucky enough to not experience too many bugs. I think it's mostly to do with like the gameplay overall. It, it, it didn't know if it was an RPG, it didn't know if it was an action adventure. It's sort of like sort of sat in a weird middle zone where it got the worst and the best of either genre. So I think that's. But it's good though. I mean, I mean, honestly, I, I like it. I like it. It's it's a weird feeling. I will say that. But I like the game. I just don't like that a lot of people got lied to um, when it comes to the PS4 and the Xbox One because it wasn't ready for those platforms. But on Stadia, I love it. It plays great. Do I have glitches? Does it freeze? Yes, it does. I get back in, but um, it's it's it. I like it. I like playing it. Quickly, everyone who's played Cyberpunk, what's your opinion on Keanu Reeves' acting in it? I don't think it's him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they had a raspy for, because they do the raspies for the movies, if they did a raspy for video game acting, he would be the winner. <laughs> but but in fairness, in, in fairness to Keanu, it's on a par with his normal performances. Yeah, really. he's, uh, he's a lovely guy. Less, but exactly. yeah, yeah, you know the great is some of his best performances have been in John Wick and say Speed. Okay, mm. now part of the reason of that is there's minimal dialogue. Matrix, <laughs> uh, Matrix is coming at you. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. But again, minimal dialogue. Really. Yeah, he's yeah, spoken, is, spoke, yeah. He's spoken at nice jacket. <laughs> yeah, he, he, you know, he's spoken at extensively in that movie. He's sort of like, uh, what's happening? And then someone gives a big lecture or speech. Uh, what's happening now? Uh, somebody, and then action sequence, action sequence. So action sequence and all that is like, he's, he's great. He looks fantastic. He looks brilliant. But he's never been renowned for his, you know, his amazing kind of acting. It's mainly stuff. because he's like such a nice guy. I feel like everyone puts yeah, him on a high pedestal. Because he, 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 he is an awesome nice guy. guy. He's an awesome guy. Nice guy. Mm. But he's no Lawrence Olivier, uh, you know. He's no Clive. That's, that's an no old Clive. quote, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, he's it's yeah. We know that, but he does what he does. He he serves a good purpose. Honestly, well, I better not say anything too mean about him because he might come onto this show at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah. we love so, him. <laughs> we, love <laughs> him. We, we love him. We do love you, Keanu. If you're watching yes. for some he, reason, he knows we do love him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, before we get started into each of the categories, Davis said Sekiro was his favorite game of 2020. Yes. Obviously, a Stadia version. But, um, yeah, Sekiro is a game. I mean, I don't really like the Dark Souls sort of game. It's too hard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I find it really hard. It is beautiful. It is a beautiful-looking game. Uh, it's the, the detail, and it's soaked in the culture. Uh, uh, you know, if you watch, like, you know, samurai films and stuff like that, it's got all that kind of imagery in it. Um, and it's just... And it looks beautiful. It looks great, but it's damn hard. And I've been stuck on the same level for so long. I've had to sort of park it, go away, and with the hope that I come back and then somehow miraculously I can do it. But no, no, I'm just stuck. I feel like if you if you like Sekiro for the imagery and stuff, but you don't like all of the uh, the difficulty and stuff, I feel like Ghost of Tsushima is definitely 
the top yeah. class of in the samurai games yeah ghost of tsushima was easily my one of my favorite games of 2020 by yeah. far beautiful beautiful game beautiful game oh no rock rock, rock, got rock yeah no i know about here, here rock, we go uh, clive knows it was you've only got to watch the next gen on uh, yeah. tuesday nights folks to see my thoughts on ghost of tsushima Tsushima, actually, is how it's pronounced. Tsushima. I yeah, I, I thought I think it was I was going to butcher it anyway. That's why no. I didn't say Clive's surname. <laughs> no, well, I'm sorry, I was going to butcher it. Yeah, no, nobody <laughs> says his surname. It's best, best not to. It's best not. Um, yeah, best don't say it's it. Kenzo anyway. Everybody knows yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Clive Kenzo. Anyway, well, let's go for the first category. Best yep. indie game. All right, so the options were Ghost Runner, Moving Out, Unto the End, Phasmophobia, Super Hot Mind Control Delete, and Outcasters. And my following is mostly Stadia people. So I think you can all guess which one won. And it was obviously Ghost Runner. No, I'm kidding. It was Outcasters. <laughs> of course it was Outcasters. I literally saw it. It was like a 75% yes, ratio. Yeah. Honestly, a nightmare. So you guys are going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised. All right, William, what was your favorite indie game of the year? Um, it wasn't on the list. I most of the indie games I ended up picking up were in the itch bundle. Um, and one of the small ones that came out in the early 2020 was this little title called Gun Rounds, and it's essentially almost like a it looks kind of like a Game Boy game, and it's a blend of a top down shooter and a turn based with turn-based combat essentially and it had this sense of rhythm between shooting and defending that was really enjoyable i mean i know i don't even heard of it the problem with indie games is that some of them swoop under your radar like uh, i didn't actually i asked for some opinions on the games for each category but i added some of myself as well and i didn't even hear of hades up until like a month ago <laughs> and now everyone's like this is the best game that's ever released ever <laughs> and i'm like yeah. I've completely swooped it under the radar. I'm really disappointed in myself for that one. But uh, yeah, Clive, what's your favorite indie game? Yeah, I mean, I think the Lost Words Beyond the Page is some. I'd, I'd sort of, at the time, um, I just thought it was beautiful and amazing. And I'd forgotten about it. And then I was watching uh, Evolve, Brian Evolved, uh, do his, you know, the top top games of 2020 whatever uh and wrapping that mentioned that and i just thought yeah oh god i remember yes now and i remember the feeling i had playing it and just what a lovely what a clever game it was what a beautifully designed game and and what a really kind of emotional and sweet game and i you know i judged my sort of best games on the year on those that kind of moved me somehow emotionally in some way um and i kind of almost forgotten that that had that had done that. So I really enjoyed that. In terms of the list that we've got here, um, su super hot MCD is really the, is the sort of the, 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 not the sequel, but the, you know, the next chapter as it were in it. So in that regard, I love super hot. I love I think, super hot. I think the concept and everything, but it's already been done. If you sort of mean, it's yeah. never going to quite live up to the, uh, the original in terms of the originality and concept it has been done so I, I i didn't i sort of thought considered that one but i thought well it's it's you know the originality isn't there in mcd because it's a continuation of the original one which yeah, I, I think 
I think the problem is, is they took something that was so simple and it, it played on its simplicity that when it overdid it a bit too much, it became yeah. There's a f- tedious. Yeah, there's a freshness when the when you first like, oh, this is interesting. Like I can re I can rewind and then you know I'm in this sort of slow mo bullet time thing, uh, and just also the design style, that kind of the weird the weirdness of it, that kind of super hot, super. You know what? What that the decision making in that? Why didn't they go super hot or something? You know what I mean? They made editorial decisions during the game and uh, the kind of 3.5 inch disc and the kind of MDOS kind of listings and all that. Just those little thoughts that an overall designer I kind of really liked. Outcasters I struggle with. Um, I think it's a great game, but I want to like it more, but I can't, I, I struggle with it because I'm, I'm, I'm mostly, I'm a console games player, okay? So I am a controller player. I play with a controller. I cannot be living with mouse and keyboard, even though I just want to point out here, I have the world's lightest... Pinkest. Pinkest. The world, the world's lightest gaming mouse app. My, it's not a sponsorship, Matt. Please. No, 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 no. It's not a sponsorship. It's, it's, it's got a honeycomb. It's, it's, it's yes, that's why it's light. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's light. 58 grams. <laughs> Anyway, I, just, I got it for my son. He was that song? Yeah, 50. No, yeah, different ground. But anyway, yeah. So Outcasters, I knew it would be a good game, even though when they first showed it and people went, oh, is that, is that the first offering from, you know, the, that company, whatever. And I was thinking, no, but this company knows how to do competitive shooting games. The fact that they've decided to change the design style and look from the sort of games they worked on before and make it more kind of fun and you know cartoony doesn't take away the fact that they have an understanding of competitive games and that is and now everybody's playing it they're going oh yeah no it's it's so competitive yeah because they understand competitive games they've just chosen to design the game in a more family-friendly looking way than they would normally design their games which are tend to be like that sort of gears five type you know um type stuff and and sort of more you know military and 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 that kind of thing so um i think it's a and it looks fabulous on stadia i have to be honest it's so my only my only issue with it is that as i say i'm not i haven't quite mastered the 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 bending yeah Yeah, the the, bending yet you know it's like being like a cricket spinner on i can't i can't be doing with it someone's (laughs) going to type in chat it's the dark souls of competitive games so uh we'll wait until we see that uh, Ray, what's your favorite indie game? So this is going to be a surprise for you guys all, but it's actually unto the end. And the reason why is because I thought it was a beauty, beautiful, well-made game. I actually know the developers. Um, they When I was streaming it on Twitch, uh, they were in my uh, chat and they were talking to me. I've talked to them on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, it's a husband and wife team that created wow. that game. So it wasn't like a bunch of indie play it was a husband and wife team they had so much things in common and they uh, they made a beautiful game the it's a it's a one it's not just your hack and slash platform game it's a it's a stealth it's a uh, it's a, a game that co- you have to use survival strategy to play it and it's just when you put the headphones on and you can hear the snow and you can it just puts you in that mood like you're in a cave and you're freezing and you have to use certain elements to survive so my uh indie game was uh unto the end uh yeah no i mean i, I had the chance to actually review it 
before it uh, was releasing. And although I'm trying to remain as as unbiased as possible, knowing the people behind it and stuff like that and having chats with them and all that, it had to sort of take over a little bit in some ways because they just seem so passionate yes. about the project they put out. Yeah. And it definitely, you could feel the love when you go, especially like through like the first few areas and stuff when it's all fresh and new to you. Mm-hmm. It just looks absolutely magnificent. And then it becomes the Dark Souls of 2D platformers. You and your Dark Souls. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, you know, that's what, and that's what, to me, that's what an indie game is all about. It's not like a, you know, AAA company. It's not even an indie company with a lot of people. It's a small group that love a game and they're putting it out. And that's what, you know, and that's why I support it because you know we got to support our indie games and they work real hard but just the the husband and wife team that really got to me and i and i do play the game and i love the game yeah no it is honestly an incredible experience if you haven't played it i recommend playing it uh rock finally (laughs) yeah so i'm like i'm the same as clive when it comes to outcasters it's never it's never bit me, but I'm not a huge fan of rinse and repeat multiplayer type games anyway. It's just not my thing. Um, I think, you know, just looking down the list, because let's face it, the bulk of games on Stadia are pretty much indie. Um, I think the one that <clears throat> probably gets the least love, but probably deserves a massive shout out, actually, is Crater. Because those guys are an independent studio, and there's so much effort that's gone into that title. Uh, not least of which, of course, is that it is a compendium of games in its own right, and there are some great uh, user-created games on there. But just as a tool for developing games, it stands on its own in terms of consoles. So, you know, I think just in terms purely of effort, and I interviewed, I, f- I forget her, n- her name, Hannah, I think she was called, um, <clears throat> just before the game launched. It was clear they were, as you were just saying, Ray, with Unto the End, you know, very passionate, as why wouldn't you be? Any any small studio is is going to be passionate because it's their baby. You know, if you're part of, if you work for Ubisoft, then you get you know you're part of a huge they organization. Oh crikey! Uh, it I slipped out. Freudian. All right, everyone, tally it up in the <laughs> chat. Ten cents in the tin. Yeah. So um, I can understand why Outcasters because it's probably one of the most accomplished games on Stadia, and obviously it's an exclusive. So, you know, it deserves to be successful, and it has been. But I just kind of feel Crater isn't one that people would consider an indie title, but it is. Um, And I think it goes way beyond, you know, what a lot of the effort that you would expect to go into a game. Yeah, honestly, uh, I haven't played enough of it, but them sort of games like Dreams, Dreams and like Little Big Planet and stuff like that, where people can show off their creative sides, I think are excellent games. It's it's all people say sometimes like them making half the game and then everyone else making the rest of it. But I think the amount of thought that needs to go into all these creative elements to give someone the art palette and basically say, you make what you want to make. Amazing program. And, And also, you know, even. You say that about Big Little Planet. My girls have been playing Sackboy since Christmas. It just goes on and on and on, and it's so <laughs> incredibly inventive. You know, it just absolutely amazes me. Yeah, Little Big Planet 2 is one of my favourite games from the PS3 oh, area. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. that game. But, uh, so we've got Stadia Krampus saying, great selection, Ray, with Unto the End. Big up. And then we've got uh, Stadia Pro Gaming 
saying SteamWorld Heist. That is one game yeah, I haven't good tried show. yet. Yeah, good I haven't good tried show. that yet. Yeah, good all show. the SteamWorld titles are really, really yeah. well accomplished. Yeah, I have to give them a try at some point. I think I bought uh, SteamWorld Heist on Switch, um, and I haven't got a Switch anymore because I, I just didn't you play it. switched it, it out. Yeah, I switched it out <laughs> for, for money. We've of got course. Anthony in here. What's up? And then obviously... X2I, I don't know his real name, but uh, welcome. D- Dan of Stadia Source. I'm sure you do. I no idea, no idea. Um, I'm not Fair affiliated point. with them. <laughs> <laughs> the next category on the list is best first-person shooter. Now, we've got Call of Duty, of course, every bloody year. Uh, Super Hot, Doom Eternal, Valorant, and Cyberpunk 2077. Now, the community choice was unsurprisingly again doom eternal i mean it's a pretty incredible title but um clive what's your thoughts yeah uh, uh, we're judging it on fp uh, on a fps basis i think as ray mentioned cyberpunk is a lot of uh, you know trying to be a lot of things Mm -hmm. so i think if you judge it entirely on that then just on fps element perhaps perhaps not you know it's it's lots of different things but for me if you just from an FPS point of view, Doom Eternal is just mad. It is super, super fast. Hot. It is slick. <laughs> yeah, it's super hot. Yeah, it's 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 just in your face. It's crazy. It's difficult. It has some platforming elements, which uh I find frustrating, but deeply I love. But even though I find those things frustrating, uh, and it has it's quite you know, it has quite a difficult curve to it, um, on Doom Eternal and some elements. But you keep going at it and you sort of uh, kill one extra, you know, demon and think, OK, next time around, I'll I'll, I'll do it. Um, but it's just it's just so fast and furious. Uh, so, it, you know, for me on that, just the gameplay, the, the rate it rattles through, the, the, the speed of everything. It's just, yeah, it's doom eternal for me. Yeah, I think I think it is one of them brilliant games. Um, it was kind of. A shock to me because I didn't I didn't particularly enjoy Doom 2016. I thought it was good, but it was not one I held up to high regards. Uh, Doom Eternal pretty much smashed it out in six hours. I just ran through it. I kept playing and playing and playing until I finished. The I'm ending, <laughs> the ending was a little bit disappointing. That's my only problem with it. But everything else, all the elements, it is really fun. I can't I can't deny that. Uh, we've got Rock up in here saying Tetris. <laughs> Don't knock the Tetris. It's a darn good title. <laughs> Stadia Dad saying, obviously, Doom Eternal. Uh, Anthony, Doom Eternal. Um, pretty much Doom Eternal all around. Uh, William, what's your favourite best uh, FES? It's also Doom Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean... You can't really fault it, can you? I mean, there was a. I remember seeing quite a few issues with Doom Eternal. Um, I think it was with the composer. I remember seeing loads of yeah. drama about that. Um, I think he was unhappy about the way they'd mixed the. Um, yeah, apparently the they they yeah. quite numbed it all down a bit. Yeah, and it wasn't as as heavy as it would sound if you were playing the game. Um, but yeah, that's. I remember that. That's one of my top gaming moments of 2020. That was. some of the combat can be a little bloated with all the upgrade trees and the some of the weak points end up creating a little bit more fluff but the still uh the core of the shooting outclasses anything else that i played that year 
Yeah, yeah, I think what Doom Eternal takes from Doom and enhances, it does it super well, super hot. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but uh, the upgrade tree can, it, it, a game that's so fast paced as Doom Eternal can be, I feel like when you're pausing and trying to check out what upgrades you want to make and stuff, it can slow down and it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth sometimes. But overall, it, it was a brilliant game. There's, there's not much else that we can really say about it, can you? It's just top tier. Uh, Rock. <laughs> just guess idea? what, Callum? I didn't bloody like it, mate. <laughs> did you not? Did you not like it? No, I've still got it sitting around on Stadia. Played it for a bit. Oh, it's just, oh, it's just a grindy, repeaty, shooty stuff flying at you kind of game. I, I like a game that kind of. <laughs> Clive, stop it! I can't help it, mate. It keeps putting these games up that I'm not. Where's Destiny? Why isn't Destiny in there? Yeah, Dang, that's yeah. a damn good first-person oh, shooter. Don't get them going on Destiny. It's, it's on the free-to-play list, though, right? All Destiny, right, fair point. Did, yeah. Destiny didn't release this year. It's been going out for ages, Te- and also Beyond Light was terrible. Yeah, no, it was. It's not great, is it? Technically, Doom Eternal is amazing. I mean, you know, it, it is full 4K in your face, 60 frames per second, gorgeous. I just, oh, I like a game with a bit more story than just trying to get from one end of a map to the other and survive. You said earlier you love Risk of Rain. See, I'm not, I'm not a roguelike fan. I, I, I like to just progress and then discover stuff. And wow, I didn't realize that in the story and move. And that's not Doom Eternal. I'm just saying, you know, Doom Turtle. That's what I would like to call it. <laughs> but do you, do, you, do you like uh, Dead Cells then? Is Dead Cells your sort of game? I try and scrub them off, mate, at my age. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want old Dead Cells at my age. That's, that's a good roguelike game. That's yeah, but a, I don't that like roguelike. I you should play it, honestly. That's what got me into the series. Flipping roguelike. We're not going to argue about whether roguelike's are good or not. Right. Um, no, there was a game you, you mentioned um, on the list. I've forgotten which one it was now. Uh, it wasn't Doom Eternal, which I thought, yeah, that, that's a good show. I mean, there's all, there's so many, aren't there? And I haven't played I haven't played the latest Call of Duty either, so I couldn't really I can't really yeah. comment on that. Would you say that's as good as? I mean, it's, it's a bit of a like, perennial, isn't it, to Call of Duty? It's a bit like your Christmas tree. See, it's it's hard to judge Call of Duties because mm. obviously you've got the elements of like campaign and stuff like that, and sometimes they would bloody remove that. Um, and I think yeah, Call of Duty I like was... Campaign. I didn't like Modern Warfare. I didn't, mm. I didn't like the new one. I thought it was just a bit too realistic for me. I like the arcade sort of shooty games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, this campaign was brilliant. I liked the little choices. I liked mm. how you can execute people now all of a sudden. We all, all like a bit of that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You all like to be a little bit violent and bring out yeah. your violent tendencies. <laughs> Imagining people's faces on these random characters. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was a little bit better. Um, but was it the best of the year? No. Out of that list, I, no. mean, I think I think Doom Eternal deserves it purely on a technical level. I mean, you know, they really knocked it out of the park um, to be able to get 4K60, and it's still a great game. But it just personally, I've still got it. I still keep going back to it. I, I just can't. No, I can understand why some. I think it's one of them games where it's a bit. Uh, it's you either love it or you hate it. It's my mind. It's that was one of them. Type no, of most games. most people tend to love games. It's me that I'm just a grouchy. I'm I'm one <laughs> yeah. of the old fellas on the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ray, 
What was your best FPS? You guys are going to be calling me a cyberpunk fanboy at the end of the day, but cyberpunk, I think a lot of people don't really like cyberpunk because of the media, what they've been hearing about it. Plus they're calling it like another Grand Theft Auto, but cyberpunk is beautiful. If you know how to do the cyberware, mod your clothes, mod your weapons, um, know how to build up the armor, the guns, and level up. It's an awesome first-person shooter. Um, I enjoy playing it. Plus, when I got when I got run the jewels and all these other awesome groups playing in my ear, and I'm just going around and doing the stories and doing the shooting and the killing and the driving around, and it looks beautiful on Stadia. It plays and looks amazing on Stadia. So, Cyberpunk is my uh, first-person shooter of 2020. See, I'm going to throw in a little story here quickly. So I was talking to Ray last night on Twitter. Um, I didn't realize how much you love Cyberpunk. I just thought, all right, um, I'm going to ask him because it seems like he has played it. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I should maybe lose my track of thoughts now. (laughs) So I was talking to him about it. And obviously, a little of a a push-up for next week's podcast episode. We have Jackie Wells coming on. Yes absolutely awesome honestly i'm surprised he even came back to me and i asked ray hey i noticed you like cyberpunk do you want to come and uh, ask some questions to jackie wells and i don't think i've ever seen him so happy in his life <laughs> i was like uh yes oh my god yes i was shocked um i didn't i didn't put it out on tweener i only uh, told a couple of friends close to me but um i hey like I said, it's a guys, when you really get into cyberpunk and you play it and you understand the elements of playing, you know, because it's a it's it is it's a role playing, it's a first person shooter. Yes, it's like a grand theft auto, but those are all elements that I play and look for in games, and I love it. I love it. The only thing is, you know, I was streaming it the other night and I had a guy who was walking in the air like Jesus and uh and it was funny. It was he was in the air floating in the air when I was out in the badlands, but it has its glitches but you know what? It, it once again it plays beautiful on Stadia and I it's my first person shooter. I love it. Most of my issues came from uh some elements basically just bugs and stuff and what other people experience and some story elements were completely unnecessary um but overall i enjoyed it i think cyberpunk is still going to be a, i think it's going to be a brilliant game when it comes to its full perspective um but for now it's it's an average game that's got some some amount of love put into it uh, can, can let's just, be honest can i just check something <clears throat> yeah. we're talking jackie wells the character in the game yeah yeah is that his is that his real name no, it's Jason Hightower. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, what, we got like a cutout or what? What's the deal? Like a yeah. little screen no. grab from the game and Ray's like, yeah, I'm really up for talking to that. <laughs> clever, yeah, no, we, clever editing. The yeah. actor said he would come on and I said right. to him, no, we don't want the actor on. We, we want, want the, the character. Yeah. We want the cutout, yeah. man. Yeah, or Keanu at the very least. Yeah, come on. Uh, to be fair, I messaged the person who played V's voice actor as well and he hasn't got back to me. Um, Keanu's obviously not got back to me, um, but we're still waiting. We know he's a busy man. man. Have you checked your spam folder? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, actually. There was a number that called me up a few days ago. It could have been him. Yeah, that'd be Um, him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We're going to go into the Fallout Boy category when it comes to titles. We've got the most anticipated title. I'm going to get one of these wrong, may I add. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. 
Dying Light 2, God of War Ragnarok, Resident Evil 8 Village, and Halo Infinite. Funnily enough, Halo Infinite is the shortest title. Um, <laughs> but everyone voted. Uh, it's God of War Ragnarok. Let's be honest. We don't even have to really question that. It's gonna always going to be God of War. Oh, look, Rock's already got something to say. We'll go straight to Rock. What's, what's God your... of War was an amazing game. I mean, it was just stunning. Uh, and Ragnarok will be fantastic. But one of my all-time favorite games of all time, of all time, it's Horizon Zero Dawn. So it's got to be Horizon. That is the game, the effort that Guerrilla put into their stuff. It's got everything that God of War's got and extra dinosaurs like they have in Father Ted. So, you know, that's the one for me. I mean, I'm a I'm a God of War fanboy. I played God of War 3 when Great it first game. came out. And, and I went back to the whole series. And then, obviously, God of War 4 was a must-have as soon as it launched. But... Um, I don't know. To be fair, Dying Light 2 looks super good. I really I can't wait for Dying Light 2. All of the all of the all of the above. Um, yeah, all of all of the lists are pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single um, one of them. Halo Infinite's a bit of a question mark right now because Well, he may even not appear, of course. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> infinite. There are rumors they've written it off. Halo. <laughs> <laughs> William, your most anticipated title of twenty twenty one. I am waiting, and I've been waiting for Hollow Knight Silk Song for a while. That's been my title that I've been just hunt after the first game. I that's been the game that I've been just watching every time they give a new announcement. Um, off the list, I'm curious about RE8. That's been one that I'm curious about, and but yeah, I've been eating up any new information about Hollow Knight Silk Song. I think someone's going to shoot me in the comments, but uh, I didn't like any RE until RE7. Um, I've just said something really dangerous here, but Resident Evil 7 was the only one that got me. I think it's, I think when you're playing in a first-person perspective, it adds to the survival horror. So, And I don't really... I, I guess I was quite young when Resident Evil came out, so I don't think it resonates with me as much. But um, yeah, Resident Evil 8 looks really interesting. Um, I don't really understand who the characters are in it because there's, I think there's like Chris who came out. No idea. No idea. I can't remember who came out at the end of that trailer. But uh, Clive, what's your next choice? Well, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, I've always traditionally been an Xbox boy. So God of, God of War's never been, you know, I've, never, I've sort of not had the benefit of that. So that's sort of off the list, unfortunately, for me. I have... Uh, I have a soft spot for for Halo in general uh, because of the original Halo on on the Xbox OG was was you know something special. It uh, it 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 was necessary. It sold in bucket loads. It changed the kind of the face of those sort of games. It took that level of game to a new a new level, and it had to if you're going to have a kind of you know, make a statement with a console. Whatever you, in a way, that's what you, you know, like Microsoft, that's what you need and that's what was needed at the time. So I've always quite enjoyed that. So I, I'm concerned, I'm worried about it, but I'm also highly anticipating it. You know, I'm hoping that it, you know, but there is that danger along with Cyberpunk that it, it sort of gets overhyped in a way. I hope the sort of, 
you know, the fact they delayed it and all the kind of backlash that it got from the early sort of demos that they showed means the bar's been lowered in a weird way. So that if it does surpass that bar, everybody's, oh, wow, it's amazing, rather than the cyberpunk route where people think it's, you know, the second coming. And actually, it turns out it's not second coming. It's just Bob from down the road. You know, that's the that's the sort of <laughs> that's the sort of issue you want to involve. And then Resident Evil Eight as well. I think does from the trailers that we've seen looks very. It looks really interesting, and it looks like they're on they're on their game on that one. And I am looking forward to this coming to. Uh, as a Stadia fanboy as well as an Xbox boy, uh, I'm looking forward to that coming to Stadia. Uh, yeah. I think it would be a big, and which we are pretty sure that it will, uh, and I'm pretty sure that because it's coming, it'll also be day and day, and so that. So it's good to see a big, anticipated, significant title that we know is going to look amazing because of the money that they're throwing at it, on on stadia it would just look anyway but as we know they'll do a good job of it uh so i and i so i hope that's all met and fulfilled and so it's between for me resident evil 8 and halo yeah i know, I know a lot of people are complaining about uh some of the leaks that come out with uh the resident evil 8 story plot coming out as well uh, i don't know if anyone read that i'm not going to spoil it just in case it is true but a lot of people were like this is a bit wacky and uh i think they're forgetting what resident evil really is sometimes it's completely yeah. insane um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I like to get my scared the bejeebus out of me. So, <laughs> which let's, was let's the one that came out on VR with the headset? That was seven. Yeah, play that one. That was that was something else with the old headset on. Yeah, I, I, played, I think I played that on PSVR. With mm, um, that's why I played it. Ah, oh, nah, it's <laughs> it's quite terrifying actually. I don't especially, think I, especially I when it. your wife says. Tease ready, love. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Who is that hideous beast before me? Oh, I've got to be Oh, no. Oh, I've got to be put the glasses back on. Yes. <laughs> Someone's sleeping on the sofa tonight. <laughs> uh, make a change. Ray, what would be your most anticipated title? Come on, guys. Who's the OG? Who was before the Call of Duties? Cyberpunk. It was, it was ha- Halo. 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 <laughs> All right. I went. <laughs> In 2005, I went to an Xbox launch party, and um, I won a contest. And Halo has always—I don't know—it's it's something about the Halo that you know the multiplayer is playing with my friends. The screens that were split up, and you could play with your uh, with your mates and play. Uh, I remember the original Xbox when I used to combine TVs and original Xbox to play Halo. Halo is special, people. Halo is huge in the gaming industry. And so that's the reason I have a PS5 behind me and not an Xbox, because I'm waiting for them to come out with Halo Infinite. I think it's going to be great. Hopefully they bring it on and there's no Craig the Ape or Gorilla. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, but Halo Infinite is my most anticipated because I think that was the launch game that was supposed to launch the Xbox X. Yeah. We didn't get it. So that's the reason why I don't have the Xbox X. I'm waiting <laughs> for Halo Infinite. Yeah. I've, I mean, obviously I would hope that Halo Infinite is a really good game. If, if it's everything they say it is, it's going to be. Um, to be fair, I want to play PlayStation 5. Um, I've got an invisible one here. 
works perfectly. Um, <laughs> it runs Cyberpunk without a single glitch. That's how amazing it is. Um, but yeah, I think there's some incredible games coming out this year. Um, I agree. Hopefully, we're still in lockdown so we can just play through them and not complain too much about work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next category is the best art design. So I'm, I'm not going to let Rock answer this one because out of the list, I know what he's going to pick. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Demon Souls, Unto the End, Cyberpunk 2077, and Immortals Phoenix Rising. Um, they're on the list. Uh, Rock was skipping you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> William... What would be your choice? Looking at the games, I just seeing the first uh, screenshot of Unto the End, I'm like, yep, this, it, it was easy. The, the simplicity of it makes it look like uh, moving paintings. And I'm, that just, that was easily uh, what jumped out to me. Yeah, it is, it is a really good game. Um, you can tell that one of them definitely has an art career or something going into that that was is a beautiful looking game and i think there's something lovely about simplicity when a game can do it right without it seeming like like it's pong too um (laughs) but yeah uh ray what would you say oh this was a tough one because they were two of my favorite ubisoft uh games but um (laughs) immortal phoenix rising is just a beautiful beautiful game art the the characters the way the gods are made the way the enemies are made i just think it's a beautiful uh just it's just beautiful it's just artistic it looks great and then uh, a really close runner-up would be assassin's creed valhalla i think um just man i was just in awe when you go to england and you just look at the the trees and the mountains and the the landscape and the, the the drawings of the it's history it's like history unfolding into in front of your eyes and i just think it's beautiful i think valhalla was a well beautiful um art and beautiful game i mean everyone's apparently agreeing on immortals we've got stadia dad here with immortals we've got stadia krampus here with immortals and then we've got dr spaceman with phoenix <laughs> had to ruin the vibe there everyone was saying immortals phoenix doctor <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, Rock. What would you say? We have we have some yeah, Phoenix, in here now. Actually, everything Ray just said, I would I would echo. I think oh. Phoenix is a beautiful game, and and also it's a diversion. So, you know, it's a it's a different path for Ubisoft. I've said it twice, Clive. That's twenty p. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Valhalla is kind of what you would have expected from them. Um, but you know, with again, with that amazing Assassin's Creed attention to detail that they do, you know, in I mean, it's kind of a yoli Victorian, you know, England. But <clears throat> Phoenix is gorgeous, and it's a really nice art style. So yeah, everything Ray said. I've got a love-hate relationship with Phoenix. I think it's gorgeous, um, but I hate exploration sometimes. I, d- I just want to go to the mission, play it, beat whatever I've got to do, and then go to the next one. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of artificial elements that that just made to make it longer, pad it See, out. See, that's all I ever did. I only ever went directly to a mission and did the thing and then went to the next one. I don't think you need to explore. I, I mean, I'm I just don't... terrible then. I'm just terrible <laughs> in the game, that's all. Well, it's, it's immortal, mate. It goes on forever. It's in the name. What do you want? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> 
does that Valhalla mean that we're all going to die? Yes, exactly. Yeah, we're that, already dead playing that. Yeah, Ubisoft <laughs> just predict the future. Then the new Simpsons. Yes, exactly, with the shaman boy. We're going to go finally with Clive. Uh, what would you say has got the best art design? Well, you know, I think uh, for me, it's, it, it's cyberpunk. Occasionally when you're in the car at night or you're sort of, you know, in a flying vehicle of some sort and you're flying over the vista um it's i'm not sure i've seen a world a, a sort of a, a blade runner-esque world in that level of detail in in a game the vistas you know of the vistas of the sort of metropolis as it were are are amazing they look amazing and i'm so used to people going oh look at the amazing vista in this game and it's usually of mountains and sea and and they look amazing and that and that's fine but you get a lot of that what you don't get a lot of is the level of detail of cityscapes that you get with cyberpunk and i'm a big sort of blade runner-esque fan blade runner fan mm. and all that kind of stuff but just the you know the the giant billboards the everything going on the building designs and and it's all that detail in the background that you might not always notice that just gives the game a sense of depth and a, a play as a sort of a place in the story as it were and it helps cement what you're you're doing and just all the little details on all the machines and you go into a nightclub and and just all that level of detail which just sometimes you won't notice but because you're almost subconsciously absorbing it it gives the it makes the world feel real and therefore your actions in it have slightly more sort of consequences and you just get sucked into the world it's when people concentrate on those levels of detail that you don't necessarily notice that you get sucked in to uh, into the world more it kind of you know there's you, you don't see behind the the curtains as it were you sort of get drawn into it uh and so that's what i you know for me it's it, you know i know it's everybody's favorite game to hate but actually the level of you know there's a hell of a lot of work gone into the look of the game yeah oh, go no go on Ray. go on you're the guest I, I sometimes i have to cut the game off because of all the sexual billboards and i and my son or my wife walks in because my that. wife my wife is like is that a guy eating a girl's bum you know and so it's just, it? <laughs> 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 and, so, and so you know i have to i i got I, 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 I it's it, but he's right the illustrations and it does look like you feel like you're in a blade runner uh movie and the rain the uh when it's yeah. raining oh my god it, it is it's nice i agree with i agree with clive with that yeah i think if you if you were to look online the best dystopian sort of like city landscape for wallpaper or something like that um cyberpunk would definitely have to be up there because it is honestly breathtaking sometimes in the words yeah. of keanu reeves mm. um so absolutely breathtaking uh we've got dave come up with immortals again uh immortals i don't know if i mentioned it immortals won um the community choice oh, okay uh, no shock here absolutely no shock um yeah so uh, did you have something to say, Rock, on the matter? Or? No, I was. I was only going to say I, I. I'd really love to play Cyberpunk on on my PC. To be fair, because I think I'd have that real buzz. I was, look, there's no question. The game was clearly designed for PCs, optimized for PC. All of its best features only exist on PC currently. 
So, you know, that is the best place to play it. And undoubtedly, I think you, you mentioned, Callum, you, you're playing it on PC. And I think, you know, with ray tracing on and, uh, and higher textures and stuff, that's got to be something awesome. I mean, I mean, I've, uh, I, this is the thing I'm struggling with because I want to like the game so that I'm happy to buy it on PC as well as on Stadia. <laughs> but at this moment, I can't. I couldn't. No, honestly, I don't have ray tracing or anything. My, my PC is a budget okay. build. Um, is I think it was about £600 in total. Okay. Uh, for all the components um and it still looks stunning um mm. i was worried that my pc would be running at 100 degrees trying to trying to get it looking good <laughs> but surprisingly with about 60 fps it runs at high settings um and it looks awesome there's nothing quite like it i think if they had that element of of actual consequences within cyberpunk's world um like they promised I imagine it would be something yeah. I'd be so immersed in constantly, like yeah. I would not touch another game. Um, but yeah, uh, I think definitely one of the beautiful games that you've got to play at some point. Hopefully it's fixed within the year. Um, yeah. <laughs> best story. Uh, I'm not even going to have to say who won this one, but The Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Spider-Man Mars Morales, Final Fantasy VII Remake and Cyberpunk 2077. They were all in the options. Last of Us Part Two won. Ray, what would you say is the best story? Uh, like, nope, we're skipping you. <laughs> <laughs> Cyberpunk. <laughs> if, you are, if you are into people, if you like sci-fi, Cyberpunk is for you, okay? Not just the, the mini, you had not just a story, a main story, but you had multiple stories that kind of intertwine to the main story. And it is just, and I'm still, I've already beat the main story. I'm now playing the side missions, and those are just as good as well. Cause when you go to one side mission and you got someone's telling you to go to another side mission, and it's just, just the stories is really great. And then uh, the whole, the corporation, the Japanese corporations and the history is brilliant. It's brilliant. And then you have, you have, I mean, let's, you have somebody, basically you have somebody that is in your mind. Keanu Reeve is in V's head and they're trying to split them apart, but it can cause V to die. He either dies or he has to find somebody that can she, remove she, mate. It's a it's a girl. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, I I played as a dude. So, <laughs> so it's me. I I love the story. So Cyberpunk is my story of 2020 game story. I can understand why someone would pick that. I think I think all the little side missions make up uh, the world. Um, but yeah, uh, William, what would you say? So. For this past year, I haven't really been hitting the AAA games because once uh, pandemic hit, I was more holding on to my money. So, out of the stuff, it was it was Hades. Um, I would because when the a lot of the roguelike procedurally generated games, they use a their stories tend to either be hindered or they're thrown away for the arcadey repetition of that. Uh, dying in the procedural generation with hades it uses that cyclic nature to propel its narrative forward and that just really got me impressed it kept me impressed as i kept playing it i really need to play hades all i've heard is good things i've never heard a bad thing about it <laughs> clive what would you uh what would you say is the best story of 2020 
Well, I, um, unfortunately, I'm going to be really obvious here, but because I've not played enough of the others, because a lot of them are PlayStation only. Um, so uh, for me, uh, I, I mean, you know, it, from what I've played today of, you know, cyberpunk, uh, it's it's cyberpunk. And partly it's not just the story. The story is interesting. It's a good, it's based on an actual, you know, story and stuff like that. And that always helps. You're not having to sort of make it up to a certain degree and uh it's but also the character what i like you know from a story point of view is the characterizations and some of the relationships that you you build up in the game one of my favorite games pl of playing from a story point of view was uh metro exodus um and part of that was because of the the characterizations the the effort they'd gone in to give the other characters a sort of sense of three dimensions not just not visually but in their the way they the, the characters were written mm -hmm. and you felt like you had relationships with these people and that as i say that that really where a good story it requires good characters and uh i think for me it's an interesting story cyberpunk anyway but it's got some interesting characters that you start having, you know, your character starts having a bond with. And in the same way in Metro Exodus, there was this kind of lovely relationship between um, uh, Artem and no. Anna, uh, it, no, Artem and Anna and everything in it. It's like you sort of get drawn into it and then you sort of, you then get an emotional response at the end accordingly. So yeah, from that point of view, uh, Cyberpunk. Yes, yeah, I mean, Cyberpunk, Obviously, again, Ray's influence in everyone. Mm. Um, Rock, what would you so, say? So I played Miles and I played Last of Us 2. Um, obviously, I'm playing Cyberpunk. Uh, and I haven't, I know there are big story points that I haven't got to. There are two, um, there's two love interests, one of which you, you can't kick in anyway unless you're playing the dude, as Ray calls him. So I've kind of lucked out there. Um, and apparently, it's you know, the big. It's one of the big stories in the game, which is quite annoying, actually. Um, talking about Pan Am, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> which you can't play if you're the female. So I, cho I, I always choose females in all of the games I play. It's a kind of a thing. Um, so you know, I've missed out on that. But in terms of pure volume, 100% agree with these guys. You know, Cyberpunk is just a, a massive canon of stories i mean the law just pours out of that thing um you know and as clive says it's because they can they can base it on um historical comic books and, and those stories out there and then there are side stories and stuff so there's a community of of material to draw in on um but in terms of the two games that i completed so i completed miles morales and i completed last of us 2 um i was disappointed with last of us 2 it's a great game and i enjoyed it but it wasn't as good as I had hoped coming from The Last of Us. But I, without giving anything away, I found myself um, sympathizing more with the antagonist in the game towards the end. And I loved the way the game did that. That was different for me, uh, you know, rather than it clearly being the, that you're on the side of the protagonist through the entire game. Towards the end, you find you're emotionally going off in a different direction. And I loved that. That was, that was certainly different. Um, and, you know, again, 
it's the kind of thing that Naughty Dog do. They they try to do stuff differently. Miles Morales, um, I mean, it's just an awesome game. Uh, was it, you know, story-wise, it's a fairly simple story. I don't think you can put it down there. The game, I mean, talking, I, I'm with Clive as well. Metro Exodus is just a stunning story, and it gets you right in the, right in the feels. But the game that really got me, um, and it, it's, it's a 2019 title, but I bought it again in 2020 and played it a fair amount, is Death Stranding. Which you know, oh. it's a, it's a, well. You see, that's the thing. What a brilliant I, game! Just absolutely stunning. And if you can, if you can make it to the end, you know, if you can, uh, I get it's not for everybody, and I understand why some people don't like it. But if you do, the payoff at the end is one of the best endings to a game I think in history. Stunning story, beautifully done. The whole thing, the music, the the graphics, the the mechanics, just on another planet. That's what I was going. The soundtrack is oh, absolutely incredible. Honestly, it gets you every time. It gets on. I feel like crying every time, especially yeah. um, Come on, hearing the, the title track as well. Yeah, no, honestly, I feel I'm, I totally agree with you, Callum. You know, I shed some tears in that game. I genuinely loved it to pieces. Oh, yeah, I, I was lucky enough to get it to play it just shortly after it launched, and I think the emotions that that game made me feel. I think it's the mm. isolation. And I think if you play it during lockdown for the first time, I feel like you could hit it. It would hit you even harder. Well, the funny uh, thing is, is that I played it before lockdown. But interestingly, I was in lockdown because I had pneumonia. So I was off work for about two months. Um, so I literally played it through that period. So, <clears throat> you know, kind of, you're right. It's the isolation. I was just in my bed, laptop, playing that well actually it wasn't a laptop because I played it on the PlayStation and I just lied. But I was playing it on a PlayStation and it was, you know, just <laughs> stunning. Stunning. And it's a shame because you and I are, I mean it's it's a successful game. I haven't played it. Most people have you've not played it, Ray? No. no. I guess get it, honestly. I, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I will buy it today. I'm gonna try it it's, out. It's it. on PC now as as you as you probably know. Um but you know, it's originally um, on PlayStation. You which, can you so. can tell tell everyone in your streams and stuff that Callum and Rock sent you to play Death Strand. Yeah, honestly, yeah. it is absolutely yeah. stunning game. I didn't have I didn't have much hope for it, but I think it was actually the soundtrack. Listening to some of the songs before mm. I decided to play it that made me buy it. Um, Such an original story as well, isn't it? You yeah, know, it's the, completely the unique. Concept. I don't think yeah. uh, it's like if you go onto them like sort of Steam pages and it's like, oh yeah, recommended based on this game. I feel like nothing would come up with Death no. Stranding. No, be... no it's such a good shout. Yeah, you're right. You're Honestly, right. It was, I was tempted to put it on this list just to be a little bit cheap, but I kind of wanted to make it. I'd have voted game, for actually. it, mate. <laughs> 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 you know, my vote. There you go. There you, we, are, would... we are as one. I would have to say The Last of Us Part Two, though. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say it. That game made me feel emotions I never thought I'd feel. You know what I'm saying about the end, though. The way that you end up actually feeling sympathy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's one. I'm normally when I go into like a, a film or a game or something, I normally pick out a character I hate, pick a character I like, and then normally the game sort of sticks with that. Mm -hmm. That I did good and evil. Um, that game. I was questioning every it's sense of reality. Flips you around, doesn't it? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember reading the leaks before, and most of them were actually correct. Mm. Um, but you don't know it until you're experiencing it. And I think the problem is a lot yeah. of people hate on it when they haven't actually played it. It is mm. phenomenal. I Have think you played it, Ray? Did that? you play it, Ray? You were nodding there. Have you played it, Last of Us? No. 
Oh, you okay. Know? You got to play that as well. Yeah. Come on, go. Yeah, go on. You got to go. You got a, now, you've got a PS5 now. You can go. I know, and that's, and that's and grab it. Now, now that I got a PS5, yeah. and I, yeah. I had a PS PS4, but I just sorry, Stadia spoiled me. I. I'm about at night. I'm about a ninety percent, you know, on Stadia's. But now with PS Five, I'm trying to get back on the console gaming, and uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Clive is is very much an Xbox um, plus Stadia, and so a lot of these games, unfortunately, miss you, Clive, don't they? But I know that Clive would love it. <clears throat> he'd love Death Stranding, and he'd love um, Last of Us Part Two as well. See, I'm an ex- I'm an Xbox fan mainly. I mean, all my games, pretty much all my mainline games, sort of thing, are on Xbox. I just get the PlayStation games for my PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the exclusives on PlayStation are just whole. They, I can't describe them really. They're just such full of passion, and it just makes you want to keep playing. Like I'm still, I've never 100 percent of a game ever in my life. Did you like and, Days Gone? Um, I love Days Gone. Days Gone, nobody gave props. One of my favorite games ever. Brilliant game. Brilliant, brilliant game. We're going to make it into a PlayStation broadcast. You can play on PlayStation now for free as well. We can't can't make it into a PlayStation podcast. We can't. (laughs) Um, Best free to play on going is the next category. Um, a lot of these games miss Stadia, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, but we've got uh, Gench, Gench, I don't know how to pronounce Genshin Impact, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fortnite, and Call of Duty Warzone. Clive, what's your opinion on these? Apex. Um, I've always liked Apex. Um, I haven't. To be honest, I've not played for a while, partly because it's not on Stadia, uh, and there's so many other things on Stadia. But um, I'm, I like PvP, but I'm rubbish at it. I'm a sort of like a complete. I don't. Know, I'm kind of kind of masochist because I never do very well in it. And when I do, uh, I'm like, wow, this is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> I've just become champion, or you know, or chicken <laughs> dinner, whatever. You know, um, it for me. Um, I mean, uh, you know, obviously Destiny Two is great, but it's you know, it's been around now it's a great game to pick up and play but when apex came out it came out and it's an old game now but it, it came out of nowhere it just dropped it it looked like people who had studied carefully what people liked about PUBG, what people like about fortnite what people like about first person shooters they'd worked on it they worked on the mechanics they worked on okay people like to move fast they like speed they like special abilities it mustn't be too difficult to master we're just dropping it people may be able to pick it up straight away so it had elements of sort of overwatching it in terms of the characters and the character stories and the extra abilities they have and stuff like that so what can sometimes happen when people design a sort of you know design by committee it can go horribly wrong um you know they always say like you know a camel is a horse designed by blind blind men you know it's that kind of thing it can all go horribly wrong if not uh if you're trying to say oh we wanted a bit like that and a bit like this but i think in apex terms it went horribly right uh <laughs> they they picked they picked the right elements to focus on so uh, and actually what they ended up was um a new benchmark in how those sort of battle royale uh pvp type games should be they've taken the best elements of things as i say like overwatch with the character designs and stuff like that 
the way Fortnite kind of plays and they picked up tips from, you know, PUBG and all those kind of stuff. They'd made it slick, fast, easy to get into, and anybody can play it. There are going to be some people who are amazing at it, but at the end of the day, once you've mastered, you know, you go in with one character, there's lots of different characters to choose from. Once you've mastered one, you can go on to another and, you know, have a selection of characters. It's fast, furious. If you lose, just wait for the next round, get back in. And I can't wait for it to come to Stadia so I can pick it up again because I don't really turn my Xbox on enough to kind of go back to, go back to it. And plus, think about Xbox, not enough room. Uh, <laughs> because because my son's saying, you know, like he, had to, he had to text me a couple of days ago, say, I'm coming over like in two days. Could you could you download Call, Call of Duty for me? Warzone? <laughs> and I'm going, yeah. And then he goes, show me on the phone what games I've got on there and I'll tell you which ones to take off. <laughs> so that's the you know we kind of forget you know we've been spoiled now having stayed here for over a year the pain of the fact that my son has to ring ahead select a game to remove in order to then me pre-install a game ready for when he arrives in two days <laughs> I mean, someone in activision needs to sort out the uh, well, I can't remember what it's called now. Compressing. They need yeah. to fix their compression systems because, my God, their games are bloody massive. Yeah. <laughs> sort it out. Now. It's all the art assets, which makes the game great, but it it means it's such a big eater of data, of, of, of your kind of, you know, your data and your hard drive. Yeah, I mean, Black Ops Cold War, the multiplayer, if you wanted it in 4K, was 170 gigs. It's crazy. 170 gigs that's nuts to me i mean i don't i don't even know why you'd want to play that sort of game in 4k anyway you need the frames sometimes in like certain multiplayer matches especially say if you do a competitive sort of life you you need you need like 90 fps over 30 um but yeah we're gonna go off track again will what would you say was your top free play game I think the only free-to-play game I played this year was Valorant. Um, I played it for a little while, for a few weeks in the in the summer, uh, and it, it's it's cartoony Counter Strike, really. It's yeah, yeah, I it's did, all I right. Did pick that up and play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was um, yeah, competitive. I, yeah, but, I, I fell you, out of that. But would you would you spend a hundred dollars on a skin for a gun, a blue ultra blue colored? For your gun, a hundred dollars. Nope, I didn't. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that's what. That's what turned. I was playing it, and then when I saw the prices of the skins, and when I saw a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars skin. If you look, there was somebody that did a rant. Uh, a lot of a lot of people did some rants on it, but yeah, it was a hundred dollars, wow. not for a gun, people, because it was a bright blue skin. Yeah, it doesn't give you any extra thing. It's just the color. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to so I've started to subscribe to um, Fortnite. Now they have a subscription model because actually it works out cheaper than me having to randomly spend, you know, give my son mm. twenty quid to get a next set of skin or the battle or update to the battle pass. This time he gets a battle pass. He gets extra coins for whatever he can spend on skins, and it's sort of it's done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think you know you're going to see more and more like a subscription model to to free to play or, or effectively free to play games. Well, yeah, pretty much everything Fortnite does something copies. I mean, that game is yeah. massive. It's got and it basically has the power to to do something, and everyone else will follow. 
yeah. William, sorry. Um, what was your favorite thing about Valorant then? Because um, um, obviously. It- it came at a time where I was really itching for a shooter, and it ran on my laptop, which was the biggest thing. The uh, granted, I did fall off it. The um, same reason that I usually fall off of multiplayer. I'm not the competitive atmosphere usually turns me off. In ter- since you know, I have no joy being cursed at if I miss a shot. So it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ray, what would you say? I am 100% with Clive on Apex. Uh, me and my coworkers, we used to hurry up and get out of work. So we could, we had what is called Apex Night. And we would, used to play. And it was so fun because I was always, help, help, guys. I'm, 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 I'm dead. And, you know, you have to, to bring somebody back. You have to go, uh, you know, you got to. Get up, put yeah. them inside this machine, and you gotta run across the map and stick them in a the machine that so they can respawn back. Uh, my favorite character was Mirage because I could send you know another image of myself yeah. out, have them get shot at, and then I go hide. Um, brilliant game! I, it did set the bar high for what you know a new multiplayer should be as um, shooter and. Uh, just a just a well-made game the weapons the characters yeah. and then all the special uh effects that each character had it was great everybody we would work as a team and try and use each other's you know hey come through this portal follow me into this portal or hey you know i'm going to shield you guys i mean it was just a brilliant game brilliant game yeah, yeah. What they, it's interesting you say that you know Fortnite. It's interesting you know it's a good game because Fortnite nicked loads of elements. So the respawning thing, they put respawn bands in, in Fortnite and stuff exactly the same yeah. and things like that. And then the other thing also quickly about Apex is the communication. So for people who don't want to talk to their colleagues, they instigated absolutely cool pinging talk system, which means that you have to talk the same language. Nope. And you can communicate with your random teammates over here. Perfect. Right here. Yeah, there. Weapon over here. This over there. Here. And again, so PUB, PUB, yep. PUB, PUBG have introduced that into their game, you know. But obviously, they're having to try and put it in on, you know, it wasn't ever baked in in the first place. So they're having to kind of fit it into what kind of controls they've got left, if you see what I mean. Whereas it was built into the design of Apex, and that's why it works so well. It's easy to communicate with uh, your teammates just by a few key presses. And that's the really cool thing about it. Yeah, well, Dr. Spaceman says Red Dead Online should have been free. Um, mm-hmm. I'm surprised it re- isn't really. Um, it's the amount of microtransactions that's yeah. got in there. Um, uh, we've got Stadia Dad saying COD will go nuts on Stadia due to storage issues. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Rock is currently promoting someone else's channel on my channel. Eight o'clock, he mate. You'd be well done he by then. Yeah. <laughs> Strike him. Three strikes. He's a, he's he's a member. If you want to pay two quid, I'll, I'll promote yours. And, uh, 12 hours. <laughs> no, but if, yeah, eight o'clock, go check out Stady Dad's channel. Um, I might join in. It depends on how, if I'm asleep or not with a vodka and lemonade <laughs> in my hand. Well, but, um, yeah, Rock, what would be your best free-to-play? So, yeah, so I'm not, uh, you know, there's no spoiler here. I'm not a massive fan of of um, multiplayer, but I've played most of them. I, I mean, I have to say, personally, Destiny, because I think I've clocked up something like 4,000 hours 
since 2013 or whenever it was. Um, although I don't play it as much these days, but I just think as an all-round title. I do think, however, that they messed up with New Light when it went free-to-play. Um, I, I, they've, they've sort of tried to make amends for that now with Beyond Light, um, making it a little bit more of a linear progression when you when you first sign up for the game but initially when it went free to play it was a bit of a mess truthfully if you hadn't uh, if you didn't have the kind of legacy um gameplay that uh, obviously a lot of us had then you know i think if you came to it for the first time you would just confuse the heck uh, and which is totally understandable because you know it was just there's so much that goes on in destiny that uh, it's difficult to know where to start and when you're just given free reign but they've kind of pulled that back a bit now i think it's um makes more sense when you come to the game but you know if you play um, apex is a great game i agree fortnite's a great game i also agree but, you know, they're pretty much one-horse, one-trick pony uh, games. You know, you go in and you're going to do the same thing every flipping time. With the exceptions, occasionally you might get the, you know, you might get Yoda as a free character popping in or something. But in, in the main, they are what they are. Destiny, you know, even just day one you go in and there's like a dozen different things that you can do. There's missions, there's campaign stuff, there's Crucible, there's Strikes, there's Nightfall, and on and on. And then there's Seasons and and so on. So for me, it's it's got to be Destiny. Uh, you know, I, would, I, I agree with Doc. I think if uh, Red Dead was free, then that would be a great contender as well because that's in a similar vein. There's lots of things to do in there, GTA, similarly. But I think for me, um, got to stick with our boy, Destiny. I feel like uh, pre-Beyond Light, Destiny was my favourite. Now after, I feel like uh, getting rid of the story and stuff, which I was slowly going through. I love Destiny mm. 1. I didn't enjoy Destiny oh, 2 at By far, miles better than Destiny 2. Yeah, Destiny yeah easily. I spent so many hours in that. Oh, that's yeah. Honestly, it was one of my favorite games. It got yeah. so much hate, but looking mm -hmm. back now, just to, it, I still play it. I've still got it on my PlayStation, and I still you go in there now, and it just feels like it's like going home. It's just such a great game. I remember all the loot caves and everything. It was oh. Oh, I, I used to wake up just before high school and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and get into the loot caves. Shoot the fall. No wonder why I'm always tired now. I literally yeah. wake up at four o'clock. It's <laughs> what I do now. Wait till you get to my age. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're going to skip some just so we have enough time. Um, no. we've, got best, we've got best sound design next. I'm going for best sound design. Uh, we've got Cyberpunk 2077, Last of Us Part 2, Doom Eternal, Demon Souls, and Half Life Alex. William, what would yeah, you personally uh, say? I'm down with Doom Eternal. I, the, it's really uh, chunky, especially with that. Uh, with the super shotgun, you have that good crunch when you're uh, shooting. Yeah, I think there's something so satisfied about hearing that chainsaw go through flesh. Yeah, yeah. Some, honestly, if the FBI are hearing us right now, we are screwed. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, it's just the sound of bullets penetrating skulls and stuff like that. Is, you can never get satisfying, um, more satisfying than that. Um, but yeah, Rock, what would you say? Yeah, actually, I agree. I actually think Doom Eternal, uh, in terms of soundscape, uh, it, it's you know, if you put headphones on, it is full on. Um, I think more so than the others. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to agree. Mm. Clive, what would you say? Yeah, I would say Doom Eternal. I just recently bought these. Um, what are these again? Got what they are. Anyway, um, 
this headset here um and it is uh, it's annoying me now it's, um and it is well bassy uh, so chunky, William, is a good word because when you listen to the um, um, when I listen to Doom Eternal through those headphones, these are good headphones. But when I listen through this, because they have a much more bassy sound, which I don't really like always with a game, but with a game like Doom Eternal, you it's a boomy game, <laughs> and these are the perfect uh, headphones for a boomy game. The bass is big and bold and loud, and then the guns, and then the the, you know, even though there's controversy about the way the soundtrack was mixed, the sound design was mixed into the into the game. It's still a good soundtrack. I'm not a heavy metal guy, but it's kind of it just works so well yeah. with the game and the way that it's integrated uh, uh, in, in, in the uh, instigating of the game and everything is I just. Yeah. So Doom Eternal for me. Yeah, no, I absolutely have to agree. Um, Ray, I think, this, is it going to be a full sweep here or is it going to be cyberpunk? Let's see. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> Final Fantasy remake. Oh, damn. Okay. okay. You guys in your boom, boom. And boom. Oh, I, was just, I just thought I needed to be with the cool kids for a bit, Ray. Yeah, that's all. You yeah. know, sometimes, you know, you need to calm it down, you know, like the quiet storm and listening to classical strings and, and beautiful violins and instruments and Final Fantasy remake. Plus me, you know, I I go I I love Japanese role playing games and their music. And so Final Fantasy remake, I thought had a brilliant score and the music is just beautiful. I'm, I'm going to pick something that's not on the list because um, I actually only just recently played it myself as well, and that's Spider-Man Miles Morales. There's something about hearing that flip as it hits the, like, the wall. It's just so satisfying, and you just hear that Miles' like sort of like, excitement when he swings. Such a good game. It's yeah. honestly the Venom punches as well when they hit yeah. someone, and you almost, almost kill them. You just know that they're almost dead. They ain't... <laughs> They ain't saving lives. They're killing them. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. It's just, and the score was absolutely yeah. brilliant. But yeah. There's something, it's like a hip hop sort of orchestral sort of vibe to it. Yes. And it works so well with the character in the world. Mm, that's a great game. But I will, I will have to say my runner up was uh, Cyberpunk. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good right. soundtrack. It's an amazing it is, it is a good soundtrack. The battle music is bloody brilliant. Dude, I've got to be honest. There's a battle? Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, we're going to go with uh, best Razor, performance now. Razor Kraken, by the way. That's what they are. Uh, the uh, uh, Razor Kraken? I don't know if that's yeah. the one I've got. Ray, Ray is Torn, a Kraken. Tor 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 tournament <laughs> edition. Yeah. They're good. But, good. But yeah, um, best performance. Um, we've got Ashley Johnson as Ellie. Laura Bailey as Abby. I'm not even. I don't want to say Jin Sakai's voice actor. I'm not going to say it just in case I butcher it. Uh, neither am I going to say Miles Morales's voice actor because I feel like I'm going to offend him as well. And then we've got Jason Hightower's Jackie Wells. I had to add that one in there for my boy. <laughs> Honestly, that man's. Uh, to be fair, I actually think his his voice acting was pretty incredible. He did an amazing job. He did amazing. Yeah, out of all of them, yeah, I think he was bloody brilliant. But anyway, we're going to go with William first. Who's your best performance oh. of 2020? I haven't played uh, Last of Us Ghosts or Cyberpunk yet, so I, I'm thinking, uh, so outside of the list, I'm thinking of Achilles from Hades, uh, Logan Cunningham. 
there's this sense of longing that's really fitting for Achilles, especially after, you know, a man of rage. And now that rage is gone, seeing what's left is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as I say, if I played the game, I probably would agree. But um, yeah, I need to check it out at some point. I need to find it on sale or something. I'm going to go with Ray next. I, I have an idea of what he might pick. Um, considering that he's coming on the show next week as well, <laughs> what would be your option, Ray? You know I'm going with Jason Hightower. <laughs> Wasn't he in police squad or something? That's what I was thinking, Hightower. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, we better not say that to him. <laughs> no, nah, nah, he, he added something so real about his role. Um, I'm not saying this just because he's coming on. I actually, I actually had this on the list before uh, we agreed on anything with me and his agent. He was just absolutely incredible. We've got Stadia Dad coming here with uh, Keanu Reeves, which, honestly, I'm shocked. <laughs> I don't know anyone could think that. God, wake I love up, Keanu. Samurai, wake up. Wake the fuck up, Samurai. Stop, Samurai. We're gonna burn so. there's, a, there's a Samurai in Cyberpunk? <laughs> there's a bunch of samurais. <laughs> but Rock, what would you say is the best? What was the what was the first one that you said in the list? Ashley Johnson as Ellie. All the so we had, so you had Abby. Ellie and Abby from yeah. Last of Us. Yeah. And then remind the next ones. So uh, Jin Sakai and that's Mars what Shima. Yeah, and yeah. Mars Morales and the guy. The, actually, the guy in Mars Morales, I thought was very good, but I'm I'm going to go with Jackie. I'm going to go with uh, Jason Hightower as well. I think. Damn, damn. Because he's probably right. watching this, you know, deciding whether he's going to yeah. come properly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, if you're watching this, I really want to come on with those two. <laughs> we we love you, Jason. <laughs> yeah. If you're watching this, Mr. Hightower. Exactly. Um, no, I thought respect. he was good anyway. I actually, <clears throat> no spoilers. I would like to have heard more of him. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. There's, yeah. There is a lot of uh, some of the mm. questions that some of the fans, I say fans, my friends, have come up with. Um, <laughs> he's also taken fan questions, anyone who's watching. So you can come in and ask him some questions live. He's more than happy to. He's a lovely guy. But um, he's got a nice yeah. bike as well. <laughs> Very nice. Gave me his bike. Thank you. Mate. He gave, yeah. you know, <laughs> Thanks, Jackie. You know, <laughs> Archer motorcycles, Keanu Reeves, and. Yes. They own the, those are real bikes. Those yes. are damn, damn. You learn something new every day, huh? Mm. Uh, Clive, final, yeah. your final say. Well, again, I don't really have the advantage because a lot of those are PlayStation exclusive. Of course. Pretty much all of them, but, except uh, Jackie. Ross. Yeah, but, but in fairness, like I mentioned before about the importance of character in story, and that's not just how they're written, it's also how they're performed. And, uh, you know, that relationship that you, you know, you have with Jackie Wells inside Punk is quite important, really, initially, I think. Um, and so for me, yeah, I think Jason Hightower gives it a real, a, 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 you know, give it, it makes the character very dimensional in his performance, which I, mm -hmm. I really like. But I just on what's not on there, and again, we mentioned it is something about the, just the performance of the young girl in Lost Words. Um, the voice acting in that yeah, uh, for a difficult for what's effectively a quite a difficult subject um, emotionally within that within that story it's a very quiet indie game but it's important that that character was pitched just right because of the the the, the themes in that game and uh, I think 
I think she did, you know, it's just, you just think on the surface, you think it's a light and fluffy game, but the themes are quite deep uh, and it's an emotional game. And I think it's important that that performance is good. And I think the the girl in that gave a great performance, but off they, that they were list, all good, weren't they? they yeah. All, yeah. All of the, all of the roles yeah. in the game. Well, to be yeah. fair, all of these performances uh, are really good. Mm. Every single one we've said also that made us feel things we didn't think we could feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big up Jason Hightower. Please come back on still. Um, yeah. <laughs> please. You. To be fair, uh, we've got him coming in for a sound check on Sunday. So hopefully he is actually watching this and making sure he wants to come on. Um, but yeah, next option, the next category is best gaming platform. Um, I had to add Stadia for this list. I don't like it. Personally, I hate Stadia. Mm. Um, <laughs> Dan's going to fire me now. <laughs> No, no, I, I love Stadia. I think it's bloody brilliant. <laughs> but, uh, we've got PlayStation 5, Nintendo Switch, Xbox Series X or S, Google Stadia or PC. They're all the normal platforms. <laughs> I wonder what these three are going to say, and then I'm going I'm to go straight for William first so we have something different. I've been really enjoying the Switch. That's been kind of what I've been doing, especially since it's portable. I can take it out of a drawer, play it, and then put it out of sight out of mind while i work and that's really appealing stadia was really impressive when i tried it but the, my internet connection isn't stable enough i'm gonna likely try wired a uh, little while later but it's at this point it is it cuts out too much for me to really dive into a lot of the titles I mean, if we see, uh, obviously, I've, I think Stadia could be good, but obviously Digital Foundry's video that came out uh, proved that Cyberpunk was only running at 720p. Um, obviously, Digital Foundry know, <laughs> know what they're doing, so I'm not going to try Stadia anymore. Um, but no, no, Stadia is brilliant, so I think if, if you go for that, it's a good choice. Um, we've got Dr. Space by saying Stadia, by far. Um, wipes everything on the floor, apparently. Ray, what would you say? Stadia, especially, you know, with everybody on lockdown, not just in the United States, but all over the world that can get their hands on Stadia. Um, not everybody, a lot of people are out of work. I have a lot of friends that lost their job. And so nobody could get a $500 console. You can get Stadia and you don't even have to use your controller. You can use your Xbox 4 controller or your Xbox 360, uh, you know, I mean, you can use a different controller and you don't have to worry about downloads. You don't have to worry about hard drive space. I have 118 games on my PlayStation 4 and Xbox. If I have to download a game, <laughs> excuse me, I have to move. I have to delete games. And it was a horrible thing to do. It was like uh, Spider-Man or Red Dead. I, I, I can't do it. It's and like Sophie's so, choice. It, it's, <laughs> it's horrible. But the, the tech works. And if you, you know, to you will, I mean, when I had, when I first played Stadia, my internet was not that great. So I did have to improve my internet. But if you have good internet, dude, sky's the limit. The features... I mean, Stadia, hands down, Stadia is an amazing platform, people. Amazing platform. We've got uh, Stadia Dad saying Stadia. Um, um, he might be a little bit biased there. But, um, <laughs> it's, he could have said Dad. <laughs> we just got Dad. Um, but I think, personally, the PlayStation Vita 
would be my top gaming platform. <laughs> I've still got 2020. mine. <laughs> I have it. I actually got a modded one that I accidentally lost. Here you go. Um, Ray's got one. Here it goes. He's coming. <laughs> he's coming out of it. He's I, got I, I, got, I, got, I got better. PSP. There you go, the oh, PSP. Yeah. yeah, got one of them. I remember when you could buy DVDs and put them in the little the little disc slots. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Clive, what would you say? Yeah. At Stadia, but at, you know, from the point of view, is we knew it was revolutionary at the time, and that many obviously there's many fanboys in the chat, and obviously we're fanboys and stuff like that. But but you know, it it is revolutionary, and yes, it's been done before. But it, I think you know, it's not been done like this. It's not done been done with the foresight of this in terms of what of them building a platform. It not just being a service in which to deliver games via the cloud. It is much more than that. A lot of people don't realize or comprehend or understand that importance of it. And uh, it is revolutionary. But the issue, as issue I think they found, and as we have discovered over the last year, maybe too revolutionary. Um, but as we've seen with Cyberpunk, and at the, the end of the year, people out of necessity have come to it and realized that they've almost been forced to try it because they want to play cyberpunk or they can't, or they can't, you know, they, there's no PS fives available or whatever it is. And everybody's desperate to play cyberpunk. They've come to it. And we have seen anecdotally countless people going, Oh, I tried that stadia. Oh my God. It's really good. Isn't it? It's really good. Oh my God. It's pretty good. Isn't it? Oh my God. Oh my. It's like, yeah. Welcome to the party, brother. We, we knew that, but you know, we were just ahead of the curve. And I think history will look back and recognize the launch of Stadia as being a game changer on a level that is bigger than many people comprehend now. When in five to 10 years, it is the norm as much as, you know, before YouTube, there was nothing like it. Why was yeah. it? Why would, why would people want to watch cats all the time? If you said, no, I've got this great idea and you can watch videos, you can upload videos of your cat, people are going to love it. You go, what, what are you smoking? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Cut to 10 years later. Hello. It's one of the biggest platforms. Yeah. It, it, it's the norm. It's the norm. Absolutely. Oh, I just, I want to check something out. I want to know how to fix my washing machine or something. I think, YouTube. I think when um, you get to the point where you go, uh, like, obviously, like Google it, YouTube it, stuff yeah. like that. That's when you know you've yeah. hit the big league. It's like Netflix, exactly. Oh, yeah, Netflix. Uh, um, you know, exactly. It becomes a verb. Yeah. Uh, when, when you're a verb and your brand, you know, I remember I worked for, for Lego and they worked so hard in all the uh, all the print material that went out to try to avoid it becoming um, a, a, a word like Hoover. Yeah, <clears throat> because you destroy your trademark if people go, oh, I'll get the Hoover out. When what they yeah. mean is, I'll get the vacuum cleaner out. Hoover is a brand. And so every time you wrote the word Lego, you had to write it in capitals and put the little TM. And, and any print materials that came up with, we had to say, no, it's not, it's not L, lowercase e, geo. It's L, E, uppercase, you know, all in capitals, all in uppercase on everything in order to maintain the brand, but you, as you're right, because what happens is you get the Hoover situation where people just go, oh, I'll just get the Hoover out. And I think it's the same. It's like YouTube, it, Stadia. And I just think there'll, I know, maybe there'll be a word that will come up where people will go some reference to playing on, on the cloud. But I just think it will be the norm, whether it is through Luna or Amazon, you go, you just fire up your smart TV and go, oh, so I watch something on Netflix. No, uh, Stadia. 
and you pick up your control and you start playing oh luna and i'll just start playing luna or whatever it is it will become the norm and put and and the whole kind of start of the revolution will be forgotten about it because it's now just accepted way of life um and so i think for that reason i am fairly confident that the entrance of stadia as a gaming platform will be looked back as a sort of a major sea change in gaming whereas the other consoles that we talked about are merely iterations of what's gone before there's nothing new there it's just okay we're turning things up by you know to 11 or whatever you know there's nothing extra there uh not just you know they're still great machines but they're not changing the world i think stadia gaming wise is changing the world well we've got uh my best friend I dog lover come up in here. No one's going to mention PC with his VR options. Uh, no, we're not. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no I mean, uh, I need to try uh, VR on the PC. The Oculus Quest 2 is one of my favorite things um, I've ever played on. It makes me feel like a kid. He's also said true that, but I do enjoy the amount of upgrades you can shove into it. Um, yeah, I think, I think obviously PC is a pretty solid option. You can add sort of things to it whenever you want build it up over time. It's not like a PlayStation 5 where you had to flog out however much, and then that could be obsolete in, like, however many years. I mean, the computer's probably going to go obsolete faster, but you know what I mean. Um, But, yeah, Rock, what would you say? Best gaming platform? (sighs) Best gaming? Well, it's a... I guess it depends on the context of the question. So, you know, if you want to get the best experience of a game today, then, yes, clearly it's going to be PC. There's no question of that. But I think in terms of the best platform, because of what it does and where it's going, I I will stick with Stadia. Uh, And that's because, you know, I don't even think you can really compare it because it's a bit like saying I can watch TV and films on Netflix, but it doesn't make it a TV. Um, And that's a really crap analogy, but I'm trying to think of something clever. (laughs) I'm not Clive. Let's Let's just get this out there right now, okay? That's the kind of stuff Clive does. So it's good analogy. Like it. Is that, like does it, it kind of work, Clive? Okay, yeah, we'll stick like with it for now. Okay, I mean, we'll stick with it. Um, Netflix isn't a th- isn't a physical thing. No, it's, it's, you know you can you can consume yeah. your entertainment yeah. from Netflix, but you can't compare it to an LG C8, for yeah. example. And that's what I think people do with Stadia. They keep trying to compare it to hardware. It's not the same thing. I know up in the cloud somewhere there's a box of stuff. Well, it's a blade that has the chips on that you know approximate. A current gen console, maybe some of the next gen in there, some PC stuff. But the point is, they can upgrade it overnight. I've got to go out and buy another a PS6 if I want to upgrade my PS5, which won't ever happen because we know it's going to be the last. We are at the last generation of consoles. The future is without a shadow of a doubt, cloud gaming. So I think you know you have to give Stadia the props because as we sit here today. If I'm looking for fidelity, if I'm looking for the absolute best experience in terms of speed, frames per second, textures, and everything else, yes, I've got to go where the hardware is. But that's always going to be the case. PC will always be that thing, just as a real audio file will always go for uh, you know a vinyl or probably even on a wax, a wax 33 or whatever. Because if you want that kind of fidelity, that's what you do, right? But most of us are happy with highly compressed Spotify or YouTube music. Yeah. And we go for volume rather than value, for the, sorry, quality. And I think with Stadia, you know, it's an optimum solution. So if you want 
the unique benefits of cloud gaming, a, a completely limitless, infinite uh, hard drive space, you know, uh, the fastest download times to get back into a game, um, you know, the, the, the quality that is as good as current gen and tips just into next gen, and it will do in the coming months, then cloud gaming. And Stadia is the best because it's the only one that has unique technology coupled with a vast network. Um, the others have got some network, some technology. None of them are as good as. I do struggle, by the way, with the Digital Foundry review of Cyberpunk on Stadia. Um, they start the whole article. And I mean, I think, you know, it's a, it's, they do incredible work. They're, I didn't realize they were owned by Eurogamer, by the way. Uh, they do incredible work. Um, and, you know, technically, they're usually on the money. But they start the article by saying, I, a bit like my Paul William here, I couldn't get a connection at home, so I went down to Starbucks because they've got a 200 meg connection. <laughs> I mean, you know, deja friggin' view. Go and watch one of Clive's videos for the, the biggest idiots at the beginning of Stadia were the ones sat in the network trying to go, going, don't work, do it. And it's the same thing. You cannot play it on a public network and expect to get the kinds of, uh, you know, the best experiences um, and I, I think the sad thing is that by starting the article with that, they've essentially told the world you, you, you can only play it if you go to a public network down the road at Starbucks. Um, and you know what? The amount of people that work for uh, Digital Foundry or whether they get paid or not, I'm sure they could have found somebody that had a half-decent yeah. internet connection at home. I just think that's a shame. Um, and it, all it does is a year on where we've – We've killed off most of the demons. It just extends, it perpetuates a myth which we know isn't true. And that's a shame. That's a shame. I think it makes it kind of funny because if you think about it, I mean, we all have, uh, most people have pretty decent internet um, nowadays. Yeah, Obviously, not will. William. Poor <laughs> William. Um, but yeah, if you can go to a Starbucks or like a McDonald's or something like that, where typically, honestly, I can't, I got hardly any internet from there. I may as well not be on yeah. it. If you can run Cyberpunk. In a McDonald's that's comparable oh, with Xbox Series X, yeah, <laughs> yes. it's like, pretty good days. Uh, in that, it, yeah, I think at the point here, I think in Rob's point of view is that what what was effectively a very positive review of Cyberpunk on Stadia was was started off from an, from an un, from an unnecessary negative that's nothing to do with not directly to do with Stadia exactly. that that this sort of chief technologist you know re renowned part of the digital foundry group mm. doesn't know how to deal with the internet in his house mm. like what so so why are you why are you even you know get somebody else to do it yeah it's, like, it's, like... know, it's just it's crazy last time so last time when they did doom eternal it was a different guy but when they did Doom Eternal, like everybody who's who played Doom Eternal in Stadia, a lot of people are going, "What are you, what are you talking about?" <laughs> like when we saw the view, like because well, I, I don't have a gigabit internet connection. I'm on BT here. I have like sixty megabits per second, but I get to play smooth 4K Doom Eternal. I was thinking, yeah. "What are you talking about?" Yeah. Now it's in that case, Stadia picked up on it and went, "Look." Why don't we come in and, and have a look? Because this doesn't sound right. It doesn't correspond to our understanding of things. 
And I think this is exactly the case. I think Stadia need to go, look, let, let us have a, you know, let's sort out your ISP. I know people in this country who are on, you know, Virgin, whatever, and they have real issues, even though they've got much better, you know, uh, broadband in terms of speed, like a gigabit, you know, all that kind of giganet coming in and all that kind of stuff, much better than I have. But they have issues yeah. because of their ISP. Now, I'm lucky I have a significantly less, but I don't have a problem with the ISP and Stadia plays absolutely smooth. So I think they should. It's a non-starter. If you if your house isn't set up to, to play Stadia <laughs> and you're trying to compare it with an Xbox Series X, then sort out your Internet or get somebody else to do it. It's like it's and, and last, time, last time Stadia phoned them up, didn't they? And said, yeah, that's what I'm saying. What they went in and sorted, sorted it, out. it out for them. They yeah. you'd think they'd have learned the problem. But, you know, can I add something? Uh, the best thing that Google did, though, was they did the promotion with YouTube. They did the promotion with Cyberpunk. And they said, you know what? Let's just put these, uh, you know, controllers and the yeah. Chromecast in the public, in the people's hands and let them decide. And yeah. if you look at the response on Twitter and if you look at the people on YouTube, it was, you know, everybody was like, oh, my God. This really works. Yeah, that's the um, thing. Try it. <laughs> buy it. I think that's before right. we turn this into a, a yeah, stadia right. debate, yeah. um, I think we should go with the game of the year uh, quickly. Uh, Last of Us Part Two, up to the end. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ghost of Tsushima, and Cyberpunk 2077. Ray's favorite game of all time won this year. Um, so we're going to go with Rock first. What was your game of the year? Oh, truth. Um, uh, well, what has to be that list out of the out of no, those games? No, games? it can be anything. Because no, no, I mean, I, I play, as you know, I played Last of Us. I played Miles Morales. I loved them both. I really did. I didn't actually think I wasn't. I preferred Miles Morales to the previous Spider-Man, in fact, because that I felt was a bit rinse and repeat. But I yeah. just, I felt they tipped it right. It, it was a, a really good game, Miles Morales. Out of that list, I think I, it's definitely between Last of Us and Miles. I'm going to go with Miles because it was the first PS5 game I played, uh, ray tracing, 60 frames per second if you want it. It's a gorgeous-looking game. Um, not my favourite game of the year, though. Um, I'm still... You see, I still... I still want to say Death Stranding because I kind of played it just into 2020. Um, and I adore that game. Absolutely adore it. I think, um, I was, obviously, I haven't experienced it on PlayStation 5. I played it on PS4. Um, if you want to head over to exb.co.uk slash about, you can find the donate button. It's 500 quid. That'll just do it. Oh, that's all I need. For <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll all chip in for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, each of you do a hundred quid, then we're almost there. Yeah. So, uh, patron, patron, starting entry, five hundred yeah. quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to be the basic tier, yeah. William said, "Can you can you sub me a hundred for a <laughs> cable? I can pop my stadia into the network as well. That would be." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we if we all chip in and help Digital Foundry get better, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe they'll put a better article. Yeah, rigid left better. Come on, pal, you go. <laughs> uh, Clive, <laughs> what's your game of the year? Well, again, I've not really had double experience some of them because they're. PS5, PS exclusive. Um, so off that list, it's got to be, you know, for me, it's got to be Cyberpunk. But I wouldn't necessarily, I'm not sure what my game of the year is. It's a tough pick. Uh, it's yeah. So, so off that list, it has to be Cyberpunk. But that's because I've not had the benefit of playing some of the others. And I do, you know, I do enjoy uh, Cyberpunk. But I think it's, it's, and also a lot of the games, because Stadia was playing catch up. A lot of the games are pre twenty twenty games, 
so that I've really enjoyed, like the Metro Exodus and you know Jedi Fallen. They're all from 2019 or 2018, or even even uh, Sekiro um, is an older game which i really really enjoyed even though i find it very difficult mm-hmm. um so you know doom eternal is up there as well for me um as well in in sort of for consideration as it were as a game that launched in 2020 so yeah we've got uh i dog lover saying animal crossing new horizons um one of the biggest games my runner-up that was my runner-up and what would be your winner ray Come on. Yeah, we're going to skip him. Cyberpunk. It's Pants pants Party. Look, people. Pants Party. Cyberpunk, I know, pissed a lot of people off, but it is a good game. It's a good RPG. It's a good first-person shooter. It has lots of elements. When you understand what cyberware in the street creds, and your reputations and everything and the elements of the game when you understand and you do I, I i'm right now i'm doing missions stacking up my cars so i'm buying up all the cars i have a map of all the cars so i'm i'm a hired merc i'm killing people i'm doing strange stuff so i can add and buy cars so my garage is looking pretty good right now and so and i'm i'm at mac i'm maxed out I'm maxed out on my uh, street cred and my cyberware. I mean, I have bionic legs that make me jump over buildings. Um, I have, you can have, seriously, if you don't, (laughs) if you don't want to kill somebody, I can just stand far away and I can hack into their system, make them throw up, shut them down. If they have cybernetic stuff, and plus, I have certain RAM. You have to build RAM yeah. for your cyberware powers to work. So I have maxed out my RAM. So I can do, I don't even have to fight them. I can just stand behind a building and just hack into them. The hacking is amazing. This game is a very brilliant game. My hat goes off to those devs because those poor devs, they were stuck in the middle between managers and investors and people were greed and they rushed these people knowing that this game wasn't ready to get it out and so but this game is a wonderful game i wish you guys would just give it another try i know they're gonna fix these bugs but it's a it's a it's a game of it's not the game it's me ray i struggle to, to give any game any attention but just i have done since lockdown really i don't i you know i think everything's time and stuff I take the I take the the piss out of it a lot, but I think Cyberpunk is definitely up there. I I had a great time of it, um, just all the way through. Uh, William, what's your game of the year? Uh, easily Hades. That's been the one that uh, was. I it still that that idea of having a cyclic nature actually propel a narrative is just really impressive to me, as I've seen a lot of roguelites and roguelikes that just end up dropping the ball in this story because they let the procedural generation just get in the way of either character growth or an actual development over the time. Yeah, well, I mean, they're all pretty good choices up in here. Um, We're going to have to rush quickly because I think my my son's going to come to bed soon. Uh, Rock, where can people find you? Oh, thanks for having me on. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank Um, you for coming. No, pleasure. So it's YouTube, 
Dotcom forward slash rocks with a plural at Stadia Rocks, as it says down there for Twitter. Um, out of those two, you'll find me somewhere. <laughs> Clive? Yeah, at Clive Illinden on Twitter or YouTube forward slash Clive Illinden as spelling down there. Uh, yeah, you can find me there. Uh, Ray? At Ray3473 on Twitter. Um, I stream on Facebook. I stream on Twitch. I stream on YouTube. Plus, on Wednesdays, you can catch Rock in Ray on Wednesdays. Um, I think it's 8 o'clock GMT time and mm -hmm. 12 noon. Uh, I'm on the Pacific time. Uh, and William? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shmoo505. And you can also check out the 10-Minute Gaming Podcast on podcast platforms where I have various guests on and we talk about whatever game they're into at the time. Awesome. Well, thank you all for coming on. Uh, I'm going to quickly say my end. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, let us know. Uh, if you're listening to it on Spotify, all the other podcasting services, um, I hope it's as good as it is on YouTube. Um, but... I hope all these guests have a wonderful evening or day, depending on where they are. Uh, thank you all for coming on. Um, if you want to check out the website and see my reviews, uh, it's exp.co.uk. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at exbgames. And if you want to support me on Patreon, uh, it's patreon.com slash exb. Um, just asking for a £600 donation. That's all. Um, that's all I need. <laughs> but, uh, thank you for the first ever episode of the exp podcast thank you all for coming on um we hope to see some of these faces uh, again at some point um as i say jason hightower's coming on next week uh, ray's going to be joining me it's going to be awesome uh hopefully he doesn't sort of like pass out from like starstruckness i will yeah. be professional i am a professional <laughs> <laughs> ah. thank you just for listening oh rock no, I was going to say, just watch out what color lipstick he puts on. That will give you the tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Um, and I hope everyone has a good evening. Take care. <laughs>